Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello there, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Health Mystery Solved. Last week, I introduced you to Emily, who was dealing with fatigue, digestive issues, and autoimmunity, and we discovered that her oral health and her dental restorations had a lot to do with her ailments. My guest, Dr. Madahi, had so much great information to share, and we had quite a lengthy conversation. So much so that it was too long for one episode. And so today I am sharing the second part of my interview with him where we delve into the oral microbiome. While many of us know that we have bugs in our gut, not everyone is aware that we have a microbiome in our mouth and how we take care of it can really make or break what happens because our mouth is connected to everything. Knowing this could be an answer to many health mysteries, and I hope this conversation is going to be as eye-opening for you as it was for me. Can you tell us a little bit about what the right way to brush is and if you prefer a regular toothbrush or one of the um, electric toothbrushes? I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of that. Uh, This is a very good question uh, because uh, believe it or not, the 50% of the gum recession that I see in my practice is due to improper brushing or an improper toothbrush. So a lot of people that are experiencing these types of gum recessions, they really have to see if it's actually due to any type of disease or infection in the gums, or is it something that they are doing to themselves? So when we go to the topic of uh, improper brushing or improper toothbrush, I would like to first start with a proper toothbrush which means that having soft bristles, anything but soft bristle is going to damage your gums. So once we have soft bristles, then we go into the methods of brushing, which means that those people that scrub their teeth will end up also removing their gum and part of their enamel because through the scrubbing technique that they're using. So we don't really want to scrub teeth. I'm one of those, I think. Yeah. I'm a scrubber. You know, the, the people that really want white teeth, one of the things that they do is just scrub their teeth. They say, oh, my teeth feel clean. But what they're doing in actuality is just removal of parts of the enamel 
and removal of parts of the gum. So the scrubbing is part of the issue. And when we're talking about scrubbing, there's two components to it. One is the amount of pressure you're actually putting on your toothbrush. And the second part, which is also very important, is going straight back and forth instead of going circular. So the straight back and forth will hit the gums quite a bit and it remove gums and enamel as well. So when we're talking about brushing techniques, we're talking about holding a toothbrush at an angle of 45 um, degrees to the teeth right at the gum level and going from the top down on the upper teeth and then at a 45 degree to your lower teeth and brushing it up toward the top of the tooth. And then circular motion very gently to just remove the plaque. So any back and forth action on the side or in the front is not good. You can go back and forth on the surface of the tooth only. So that is the aspects of the brushing. Now, there has been a lot of talk about electronic toothbrushes and uh, how much better they clean the teeth. Um, So my own experience, again, with the different types of electronic toothbrushes is that as it came out, again, people used the um, electric toothbrushes as if they were having a manual toothbrush. And they were, again, brushing the same way as they would do with their their, uh, mechanical toothbrush. And they started to damage their gums even faster than the people that were just using a regular toothbrush. The main reason is that the electric toothbrush should only be left on the tooth surface, I mean, on the tooth on the outside, and let it do its work. You don't really do have to do much of anything anymore. And you do tooth by tooth and you go forward. Whereas your toothbrush, you are doing some sort of a motion with an electric toothbrush that's not needed because the electric toothbrush is doing it. So if you follow proper direction with an electric toothbrush, you can get better uh, sort of a um, cleaning action. But the key thing is to really use it properly because improper use of an electric toothbrush can uh, exacerbate the problem Yeah. And I have to tell you, I'm cringing right now as you're talking because you're describing me. And I've heard this from my dentist before, but for some reason, I don't think I really kind of understood it as you're explaining it right now, because I definitely don't do the circular motions. And I think that I do scrub with the electric toothbrush and I have some erosion on like my top and bottom canines. So it makes total sense. Now, what would you say to someone that says, well, if I don't scrub, my teeth don't feel clean? So this is is a myth. The action of removal of plaque, it is not actually that difficult. You can scrub it to the degree that enamel has been removed and it feels cleaner. But in actuality, you're taking away layers of the tooth and layers of the gum. Um, there doesn't really need to be that much pressure or that much of a motion in order to just remove plaque. Because even if you use your nails a little bit, you see how soft plaque is. It doesn't really, it doesn't really take much. Right. Now, what about if you go for cleaning? I feel like a lot of times they really get in there and like scrape and, you know, it almost looks like they're really like using a lot of muscle with that. 
Yeah. So when you go for a cleaning and they're using uh, these uh, mechanical instruments, partially the reason for that is that there is a tartar buildup. So tartar is a hardened plaque. So when you have tartar, brushing is not going to remove it. No matter how much you scrub, it's not going to go away because now it's hardened and it's stuck to your tooth. So you need a different type of an instrument to scrape the tartar off of the surface of the tooth. So that's why you hear all that noise and you hear all of that scraping is because now you're dealing with hardened plaque that's as hard as a rock. So it has to be removed differently. Okay. Now, playing a little devil's advocate here, but do you find that people who scrub their teeth, do they end up having less of that um, hard tartar because they scrub? So if they scrub their teeth and they don't floss, um, it doesn't really prevent the hardened plaque tartar underneath the gum. The scrubbers don't have visible a tartar buildup above the gum. That's true. But what we are mainly concerned about is, again, tartar buildup underneath the gum because um, then it is much more difficult to get to it and the type of bacteria that can operate underneath the gum are much more aggressive and destructive. Uh, Dr. Madahi, when we think about microbiome, you know, oftentimes, you know, it's such a popular topic and so many people know more about this these days. You know, we think about what goes on in the gut. But as you mentioned, the mouth is the entry point, right? So it's still part of the digestive system. So is there a microbiome there? And how can we optimize that? Yeah. So this has been of intense interest for me and the group of researchers that I've been working with over the past decade. Um, what is the function of the microbiome? Where is it? What does it do? How does it work? So first, I think it's good to have an overview of where the microbiome is because a lot of people are familiar with microbiome in the gut and somewhat on the skin, but they don't realize that the microbiome is actually in the nose, in the ear, in the eyes, um, on the skin, in the gut, in the mouth, and also in the birth canal. Uh, so when a baby is born, their first introduction to the microbiome is through natural birth. So that's number one important thing that that's where everything in the microbiome is the protective layer. What is a microbiome? It's just microorganisms, um, mainly bacteria that are there that are protective, that are good bacteria, that are doing a lot of the functions that are necessary for us to live. So first of all, I think um, people don't know the number of bacteria that we have in our body uh, outnumbers human cells by 10 to 1. We have about 100 trillion bacteria to 10 trillion human cells. So that's the number one thing. Number two is that we rely on bacteria for the produ production of certain vitamins, as an example, vitamin K. So when we were talking about bleeding, vitamin K is the primary vitamin in coagulation. So that's why bleeding stops. So if the we didn't have bacteria in our body, we would not have vitamin K production. Um, they also help in production or stimulation of the 
the mood neurotransmitters such as dopamine and serotonin, they play a very important role. They play an important role in terms of digestion. So the digestion that's taking place starts actually in the mouth. So people that can't chew properly or, or have teeth, they don't have enough teeth or they have problems chewing, their digestion is never complete. The digestion does not take place in the gut. The actual breakdown of food takes place in the mouth. So it is through chewing, it's through the saliva, and what is in the saliva that is actually breaking down the food, and also what's happening inside the mouth prior to the food getting to the gut. So people that have any type of teeth issues also are more susceptible to obesity because they are not properly breaking down the food for the proper absorption of nutrients in the gut. These microbiomes that you're talking about, so the direct relationship between the microbiome that's in the mouth and in the gut for a second, there are about 144 different strains of microbiome in the gut, and there's about 72, about half of them, that are in common in the mouth and the gut. So we are continuing to do research to see this direct correlation between the mouth or oral microbiome and the gut. And if you are damaging the ones in the mouth, how will it damage the microbiome in the gut? That's an ongoing clinical study that I'm participating with, University of California Irvine Microbiology Department. So just to tell you is that your immune system does not really get activated until there is some sort of an inflammation or infection. So people think that it is your immune system that's protecting your body. It's absolutely not true. There is a primary defense mechanism prior to the inflammation or infection taking place. So that first defense mechanism is actually the microbiome. So these are the bacteria that are covering the surface of your body and your skin, and they're covering the inside of your mouth. So when we go to the mouth, there are a lot of people talk about the amount of bacteria that's in the mouth, that the uh, human's mouth is even dirtier than dog, and all of these different things. There's some truth in it, but what we have to also keep in mind is that 98% of the bacteria in the mouth are healthy, protective bacteria, and there's only about 2% of unhealthy, harmful bacteria that can spike due to, number one, due to nutrition. So sugar spikes, those types of things. Not cleaning your mouth and having this plaque spikes a certain uh, um, gum disease types of bacteria. Um, uh, but in general, the 98% of the bacteria in the mouth are healthy and protective and good for you. So when you go in there and you destroy this microbiome inside the mouth, which is being done on a daily basis by almost everybody because of the mouthwashes that are being used or antiseptic mouthwashes that are advertising, they kill 99.9% .9 of the germs, which are the bacteria, you and the toothpaste that are also have antimicrobial ingredients in it, is destroying this microbiome on a daily basis. So imagine that there is an area 
like Manhattan. There's buildings, everything, the real estate is full because there's full of buildings. It's very difficult to find a space to actually build anything. Mm -hmm. So the, all of these buildings, imagine, is the microbiome in your mouth. You now go and bomb the entire thing. So all you have is now land. So what that does is that it allows the harmful bacteria, viruses, and everything to actually get a place to seed inside the mouth, whereas where the microbiome that was there was not letting it come in and actually be able to find a home because it was uh, all over your mouth already. So there wasn't even any real estate for this type of bacteria to come in. Now, by killing the microbiome, you're opening up that real estate. Mm. So you have that and these microbiomes are made in such a way that they have a symbiotic relationship. We look at this harmful bacteria as this is the end of the world. It actually isn't. The body knows how to be contaminated and to be healthy. For us to be able to have lived for thousands of years and still be around, we have to have a protective mechanism against infection and disease at a constant basis. So today we're talking about coronavirus and we're talking about social distancing. So let's forget about this right now. But prior to coronavirus, we're touching everything, we're touching people, we're close to people, people are sick, people have viruses, people have bacteria, surfaces of the doorknobs, bathrooms, surfaces of the tables, uh, everything is being touched and there's full of bacteria and viruses, yet we hardly get sick. Why is that? What is it that's protecting us? It is this microbiome. That's what's protecting us. And that's what has protected us throughout the years. So does that mean antibiotics are bad? No, absolutely, they're good. They're one of the main reasons why we have a, the longevity in our life has gone up is because of antibiotics. But it is the overuse of antibiotic that we're talking about. If you have an infection, yes, you need antibiotic. But how often are, do you have infections? But yet, let's look at how much antibiotic we are consuming on a daily basis. All of the antiseptic mouthwashes and toothpastes, on top of all of the antibiotics in the meat, 90%, 98% of the meat today has antibiotic in it. Then we're talking so that you're swallowing, it goes into the gut, it destroys the microbiome in the gut because of the antibiotic that is already in the meat. Dairy products, they have antibiotic in it. So we're being inundated with it. And then on top of it, antibacterial soaps, antibacterial wipes, everything that we're using, we're using it and then it gets through surfaces that have these antimicrobial, antibacterial ingredients, penetrates the skins of our hands, and it again goes into our body. We recently completed a study with UC Irvine. We had two sets of people. One set, they were uh, using a regular mouthwash that it has the alcohol in it and dyes in it. And then there's an oral care line that I have developed that doesn't have any alcohol and doesn't have any dye. After rinsing with that mouthwash for 60 seconds, we took blood samples. After 30 seconds, we took the blood sample. And then after five minutes, we took blood sample. The alcohol was already in the blood system within 30 seconds of rinsing your mouth with an alcoholic mouthwash. Wow. And the amount of dye 
actually increased after 30, after 30 seconds, the dye was already in your blood system. After five minutes, then the amount had increased. What you put in your mouth, even if you're spitting it out, is getting absorbed into the body. I Initially, in the beginning of the show, I talked about the vascularization of the mouth. That means that the rate of absorption in the mouth is so high. That's why when somebody's having a heart attack, the doctor is telling them to put nitroglycerin pill underneath their tongue. They're not telling them to swallow it because their rate of absorption into the blood is the fastest underneath your tongue. Vitamin B12 underneath your tongue. The tongue and the ins- underneath your tongue, is the, the rate of absorption in the mouth is so high that you don't need to swallow something. So this is what's happening. We are constantly destroying our defense mechanisms because we're treating ourselves as if we're infected. Contamination and infection are two completely different subjects. And that is what I have dedicated almost the past 10 years of figuring out products that we can use to actually protect the microbiome and not have toxic ingredients. Microbiome on the one hand, and then we're talking about toxic ingredients on the other hand. Right, right. And this hits both. Yeah, And I think a lot of people understand that the use of antibiotics or overuse, I should say, of antibiotics is not good. I mean, this is much more mainstream now than it was even 10 years ago. And, you know, I think that people even have some understanding about antibacterial soaps because it's been uh, talked about quite a bit. But I think that people don't always make the connection between the oral microbiome and using things like, you know, Listerine or any of these other brands that are going to claim to kill 99% bacteria because we always hear from, you know, traditional dentists, you know, we don't want bacteria in the mouth. Um, So what you're saying is just so important. So the big question then is, you know, what kind of things should we use instead? And how can we protect our microbiome while still keeping our mouth, you know, clean, so to speak, so that we don't develop more of these harmful bacteria? Another very interesting, I have been consumed by this question for a a good 10 years. (laughs) I'm sure. So I want to first give your listeners a little small overview of why for the past 70 years, the entirety of dental education, dental research, and dental practice has been focused on killing bacteria. The main problem was the cause of cavities is bacteria. The cause of gum disease is bacteria. The cause of bad breath is bacteria. So the whole formulation was, so if that is the cause, let's kill the bacteria. We were not paying attention to actually what about the good bacteria. We were only after the harmful bacteria. And since we couldn't kill them selectively, we decided to kill them all. So that's the main reason behind it. In order for you to get an ADA seal that something is anti-gingivitis, you have to prove you kill bacteria. Otherwise, you cannot get an ADA seal. So this is the background to this. If we are not killing the bacteria, what what are we going to do with them? How are we going to prevent these types of problems, right? One of my colleagues who happened to also be the chairman of the gum surgery department at the USC School of Dentistry for 17 years, world-renowned researcher, his name is Dr. Nozari. 
I got with him um, about eight, nine years ago and I was talking to him about the problems I'm seeing with the products that I'm using for my patients, how I cannot control inflammation, how I'm not controlling certain things that are going on in the mouth. One of the things he talked to me about was an unprecedented study that he did. It was a 10-year study on homeless kids in Manila. And these homeless kids were infected with a particular type of bacteria called AA bacteria, which causes very aggressive gum disease around a certain area. So upper forefront teeth, lower forefront teeth, and the back molars, the gum and the bone gets infected and you lose the gum and the bone around these teeth in particular. The rest of the mouth is not affected. This type of bacteria infects maybe one and a half to do two billion people in the world. Where it is, mainly you will see it in Asia, South America, Middle East. Also, it is penetrating U.S. because of more and more my, uh, migration of these types of people into the United States and passing these types of uh, bacteria as well. So what he did with them, what well, he asked them to rub sea salt on their gum twice a day. And he followed these kids for 10 years. What he found is that the disease had stopped, yet the AA bacteria was still alive. That was the first inkling as to there is something more to bacteria. It is not just the bacteria, it's the toxins of this bacteria. That was the hypothesis. It took me four and a half years to figure out a way how to create a product and formulation that would not kill bacteria, but would neutralize the harmful toxins of cavity-causing bacteria, gum disease bacteria, bad breath type of a bacteria. So neutralization of the toxin became the key ingredient for me. We didn't know of any type of ingredients that would neutralize the, the, the toxins. All we were concentrating was just killing the bacteria. And that's why I created this whole oral care product called Lumina Oral Essentials, which is a full line of oral care line that, first of all, is certified non-toxic. What that means, I want to explain to you, is that there's no artificial flavor, there's no artificial coloring, there's no artificial preservatives, synthetic preservatives, or anything like that in there. And there are no harsh chemicals. They're all naturally derived ingredients that have shown some benefit inside the mouth. That was the first thing that I had to do. The second part was I had to prove I don't kill good or bad bacteria. And I was attacked by this idea. Why don't you want to kill the bad bacteria? Mm, I can imagine. What we have found with bad bacteria, which are called mostly negative, gram-negative bacteria, is that within their cell wall, there is toxin. If you kill these bad bacteria, certain toxins that are very, very harmful gets excreted, that they would not get excreted if you don't kill them. So just killing bad bacteria can be as harmful as not killing them as well. So I didn't want to kill them, but I wanted to find a way to um, neutralize what they're excreting, which are acids that are destroying the bone, the gum, the enamel. That's what I went after. And we were finally able to make this formulation. Now, what is important is that if you're using a product and you stop using it for a week, all sorts of things reset itself. So if you're using 
something that is protecting your gums and your mouth, and all, all of a sudden you stop using that, that, that part of it through the diet, through all of the things that you're eating in your mouth, you start to have, again, this harmful bacteria to come about. So you have to use them on a daily basis to make sure that this neutralization is happening over time. You cannot just neutralize toxins over a day. It takes months to neutralize these types of things because you're not killing any of the bacteria at all. Mm -hmm. That was one part of it. So it's certified non-toxic. It is also protects the uh, oral microbiome by not killing the bacteria, but also neutralizing the toxin. And then another area that I, I think people sort of forget about it is that the effect of dry mouth. This is, uh, I wrote a book, The Hidden Epidemics. And in this book, one of the major things that I talked about is, first of all, what is sensitivity, tooth sensitivity as a result of? But the other part was, what is dry mouth? And why am I seeing such a higher rate and a rise of dry mouth in my patients? And people that breathe through their mouth, they have deviated septums. They also have allergies. But more importantly, there aren't any medications. There's a list of 450 medications that cause dry mouth. What does that do? This, this saliva is also part of the defense mechanism. It's your natural antibiotic that you have in your mouth. Any decreased levels, what it does, it will create over time a rampant, uncontrolled cavity in your mouth. It's very, very difficult to control it. And I started to see that in, in my patients. Some, even one of my family members that were on, on many, multiple medications for heart for blood pressure. And I, I didn't know why she was getting cavities every three to six months. Every time I saw her, there were new cavities. And it wasn't because of bad oral hygiene or eating sugar. But there was constantly, there was cavities until finally I got the connection between these medications that she was taking and dry mouth. So create, we also created a line with luminal essentials that also increases the saliva. And then Ingredients that I'm using for some of these things is very interesting. Use of grapeseed oil with coconut oil and cayenne pepper oil is what we found in our clinical research when we went head to head with biotin is we increased saliva flow. Oh, wow. In terms of whitening and people want whiter teeth, but hydrogen peroxide etches the enamel, breaks down the enamel over time, causes sensitivity with the teeth and irritation of the gum. Instead of using hydrogen peroxide with our whitening products, we decided to have coconut oil, sage oil, lemon peel oil, and we did head-to-head -head studies with Crest 3D, and we found we have similar whitening effect without the use of hydrogen peroxide. That's amazing. Even with whitening strips, uh, that's what we do, and that's one of our best-selling items. But these are all concepts that we are using. The signature ingredient in all of our products is dead sea salt because it has the highest level of mineral content of any salt. Mm. So when you use um, table salt, it has only 2% mineral. It actually kills bacteria because it has a drying effect. Uh, sea salt has 80% salt and 20% mineral. It doesn't kill bacteria uh, the same way as the table salt, and it doesn't cause high blood pressure like the table salt. So man-made products always have certain levels of problems that comes with it. 
and then Himalayan salt has 40% minerals, but the Dead Sea salt has 86% minerals. So that's our signature ingredient, along with essential oils, not extracts, and um, aloe vera juice and things like that to make sure that these products really do work and um, create a healthy mouth and whitening or decrease sensitivity or get rid of the symptoms of dry mouth. Yeah, that's so great to know. I'm excited to try it because I'm always on the lookout for, you know, products that are natural and obviously work and, you know, all the science that you have behind this and just all the information and that you just explained. It makes so much sense. Now, I have another question for you in terms of a pediatric use. You know, it sounds like a lot of your products are like you said, completely non-toxic and it's, you know, essential oils and minerals. So can you use that in kids? Because I have a three and a half year old and obviously he can't really spit right now. And I use a xylitol toothpaste, you know, something that I get at Whole Foods, you know, that's as natural as I could find, you know, in my local store. But, you know, I think it's so important to support the gums and the teeth of the little ones because what you do now is going to affect what's going to happen, you know, going forward with them. Right. So because it's certified non-toxic, it can be used for kids, but we do have a kid's toothpaste. Oh, fantastic. That has a much higher levels of xylitol as well for them. It's also very important to keep in mind, you can have natural products that are ineffective. Very true. You can rinse your mouth with organic apple juice, (laughs) which is not harmful to you at all, but it does nothing for your teeth. Unfortunately, most of the natural oral care products are ineffective. All right. And I think that's the problem. I think that's where people sometimes, and I'm one of those people I've used natural stuff and then my teeth never felt clean and I just never felt like it did anything. So I went back to some of my usuals kind of thinking, well, I spit it out and I rinse my mouth out after, which is very interesting to hear that, you know, you found in your study that within 30 seconds, it's in the bloodstream. You know, by the time I rinse it out, it's been 30 seconds already. That is the thing. So the whole concept of why I created this company, why I created it. First of all, you have to be out of your mind to create anything for consumer products. You think that you you have too much money to burn, you're too crazy. It is such a difficult endeavor, especially I am a scientist at heart. I'm a researcher at heart. I need to prove every single thing and I have to be 100% know the exact reasoning behind everything and how I'm connecting all of these dots. I mean, we've done 51 clinical research. Wow. So imagine a company that's being self-funded over the years, doing all of this research and continually going at this to make sure that there is an actual ethical product that is good, but more important, it's safe but effective. That's the key part. That's the area where we really have to concentrate on. So we have given up a lot of safety for efficacy in general, but we were after to figure out a way that how can it be safe and effective. And all of the clinical research that I'm talking to you is on on our website. The website is called oralessentials.com. All of the studies are there. So people can actually read the studies and see exactly what we have done. And we're continually doing uh, clinical studies and figuring better ways to make sure we're connecting the dots between the mouth and the body. 
Oh, that's great. And I'm so glad that you list all the studies. You know, I find that a lot of the people that listen to my show are, you know, very curious and, you know, very educated in the field of health. You know, they're constantly learning and want to find out more and doing a lot of their own research. So they like, they love really to look at that. So that's great. Dr. Madahi, can you tell everyone again what that website is and how people can connect with you and where they can find you? Yeah. The name of the website is Oral Essentials. Dot com, and you can see all of the products. And then under studies, you can see all of the research. And then uh, to contact me directly, they can do Dr. Madahi, Dr. Madahi, M A D D A H I, at oralessentials.com. I would be happy to answer any emails or any questions that your listeners might have. Oh, that's very, very generous of you. Thank you so much. And um, for everyone listening, I'm going to post all of this in the show notes as always. Dr. Madahi, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. What a wealth of information. Thank you so much for telling us, obviously, about all of the negative effects of products and what people can use instead. Such an enlightening conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you. And also, I want to thank you for uh, creating a platform and a forum for people to be educated and getting the word out on not only maybe products, but in general, the education and making people understand that to understand the differences and why is it important to not just treat one thing and look at the body as a whole. So I really appreciate all that you have done. Since this interview was originally recorded, which is a few months ago, I've actually changed over all of my oral care products to Dr. Madahi's Oral Essential line, and I have to say I'm a bit obsessed. I love how clean it makes my mouth feel, but even more, the fact that I'm not putting any toxic alcohols, chemicals, or dyes in my body. I now don't feel like I have to rinse everything out like crazy because these products are so safe and natural. If some get swallowed, it's totally fine. I've been using the clean and fresh line, but I think I'm going to try the whitening line on my next order. Before this, I have been using the same routine for probably close to 10 years. I didn't think I would ever change because it was working, but happy to report that this is working even better and it's way cleaner. I liked it so much that I asked Dr. Medahi to make me a coupon code in case you wanted to try it because who doesn't like a discount, right? So if you wanted to try any of the products, you can use the code ENA15, which is just I-N-N-A-1515 at checkout at oralessentials.com. I will have all this information along with the resources we discussed. And of course, Dr. Midahi's contact information in the show notes, just go to healthmysterysolve.com. It's going to be under episode 71 or just scroll down in your podcast app. And if you know anyone that can use this information, please share this episode with them and make sure you subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. When it comes to your health issues, please know that there's lots of avenues you can consider. My goal is to show you as many of them as I can because the answers truly are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week on Health Mysteries Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.